This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're talking about gardening, just nothing but gardening and related stuff. I got a little little happy tune to come up a little while because there's a lot of a lot of people can just use a little happy thing. In Java, you say it's a fairly new ch- song. Um, I mean, I just heard it the other day. I'm saying, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I previewed the song. I usually don't do that. I just, list, you know, wait to click play about halfway through the show. But, yeah, it's a um, fairly new song. Um, and it's a, um, it's not one of your usuals. I say that I don't yeah. want to spoil it, yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. It, it is a great song with a great message. There you go. Well, we're going to be talking just about gardening and stuff. And I know a lot of people have, have had damage, you know, I've been online and, and, uh, chatting with people down on the coast and further North and, uh, friends of mine up in new England who, who had never saw winds and, and rain and stuff like that. So, um, anyway, a lot of that kind of stuff going on, but we're going to be talking about the proactive stuff. What can you do today, the here and the now? That's a Gestalt thing. As part of the Gestalt approach is dealing with the here and now. You know, tomorrow can be better. We can work on it. You know, it can be bad, but it can be better. And that's what we're going to focus on. So anything I can talk about with you uh, that you've got on your mind, garden-wise, whether it's lawns or herbs or trees or shrubs or flowers or vegetables or potted plants or you got a weird bug or something like that let's talk about that i don't sell anything don't know everything don't want to know some of the stuff i do know and uh so if there's some things you want to chat about it's toll free one eight seven seven mpb ring um Java, you, you you were without power a little bit last week. Not much, but a little bit, right? Yeah, the one thing that hit us, I guess, with the with the bad weather, with the hurricane, was just we lost power um, in in my neighborhood for a couple of hours, um, and it was pretty cool. I mean, surprisingly, the kids didn't go too crazy. They didn't. They didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just all. <laughs> You know, everything was the same except the TV was off and, you know, no computers or whatever. Yeah. So. Well, I know a lot of people have got had storm-related damage. Y'all. If there's some things I can help you with, uh, give us a call. Again, it's toll-free, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, I'm going to be out on the road next week, Java. I actually have a lecture, but I've got my jabs, I've got my mask and all that, and, and I'm going out to West Texas. So we're going to be broadcasting live from out past the hill country, if, if anybody's familiar with Texas. And this is number number uno, number one for yeah. the year. <laughs> yeah, I, I had I had uh, two or three canceled because of COVID and all that stuff, and and I understand that. But anyway, this is in a good venue. It's uh, I've been here before. It's uh, out in San Angelo, the largest city in the United States without an interstate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're we're talking about Texas Longhorn cattle country, so. Uh, there are some things going on starting up. There's some plant sales. I know in a cup in about three weeks there's going to be one down in uh, uh, eastern L.A., down uh, south of, of uh, Mobile, uh, over past Fairhope, past... Um, uh, anyway, we'll be talking about that a little bit more. But if you've got some garden events that I can help promote, bring it on. Let's talk about it. Be glad to help uh, get the word out for almost anything. Java, sometime between last week and now, I lost my glasses. 
I, I did notice something a little different because I, 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 <laughs> and they're bifocals. And so when you drop bifocals, you can't see them if they're right in front of you. they're by my feet. They're out of focus at the right. In front. So anyway, all I see is little flashing lights up I, there. I, I, I'll handle it. Felder. <laughs> Let's I, pretend I, like we're on the road. <laughs> I was looking at you, Phil, and I was like, can he read that screen or not? No, but let's I can't see. Yeah, I put on, oh, I got bifocal. These are bifocal sunglasses. Okay. No, no, I can't do it. But we're, we're inside, so let's go ahead and let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's start in the capital city, and let's start with Jeff uh, in Jackson who's called in this morning. Hey, Jeff, how are you this morning? I'm great, Felder. How are you? So far, so good. I walked in this morning a little good. bit muggy, and it's not even that humid out there, but it's Mississippi. It is Mississippi, and I'm ready for it to go away. Yeah. Uh, well, we Not saw the state, but the weather. Yeah, we start. We I, I saw the first little little uh, bud come up of my red spider lilies, which typically bloom in September. It hadn't opened yet, but when the spider lilies start showing up, it's time for fall. What's what can I help you with today? I, I have a ornamental tree question. Um, I've got two story. Uh, house about 20 feet or so to the uh, roof on the second floor which is a balcony and there are three concrete square pillars and i've got some something there now that's that's dying which is okay with me but i'm looking to replace it with a thin or or smaller uh tall evergreen and Hmm. i had looked at and I can't tell you the exact name, but Japanese it's an Italian you. evergreen. Oh, Italian cypress cupressus. Uh, it, and right. it's, it, it's okay, but but uh, it's too small. Yeah, it's not it's not wide enough. Yeah. Um, let me suggest that this, this is an old-fashioned plant. It's widely used. It doesn't look like much in a pot, but it typically grows, and it can be easily pruned in a colony. It's called Japanese yew, Y-E-W. It's not a true yew. It's podocarpus, but Japanese yew. A lot of the garden centers uh, sell it. I know in Jackson, I take a couple of places off the line. But Japanese yew, uh, it can be pruned easily into a tall, narrow, columnar evergreen. And it's pretty fast-growing, too, if you dig a wide hole and loosen the roots up. So, uh, you know, and, that, that and, helps. And would I be, and I can control the height of it as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot, lot of people keep it as a, as a medium-sized shrub. It wants to be a, a, t- a tall, kind of a thin evergreen tree. But you just shear it like you would a boxwood. But, uh, you know, it, it's durable. Up in north Mississippi, sometimes it can get a little damage every now and then, but it's perfectly fine in Jackson. But Japanese yew, a podocarpus, is a really good selection. It's not going to fall apart in ice storms and stuff like that, like some of the other columnar plants. And and I could be able to find that in a larger size, not just um, starting small. Yeah, pretty much. But keep in mind, it's going to grow tall as as quickly as it can grow roots. And uh, a big plant okay. will just sort of sit there for a year or so until it catches up. Here's a, the okay. real problem. When you put a big plant out, it just sits there for a while because it's been grown in bark in a pot with good drainage and watered all the time and all that, you put it in a hole and those roots don't function very well because they're just basically in a clay pot in the ground. Uh, So a smaller plant with loosened up potting soil and loosened root will actually get established and outgrow a bigger one every time, every single time. I've done this for decades. So uh, if you can get a small one, you know, and just cut off anything that's growing out and only leave what's pointing up, loosen up the roots, it'll really pretty, uh, grow pretty quick. Now, do you have to have an evergreen? Well, I, I, I was just thinking for the fact that it would maintain, uh, you know, it wouldn't lose its leaves. Yeah. 
when when because uh, what I have now that it's you know it started slowly yeah uh, dying it, it 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 looked funny without um you know without any leaves or yeah. anything like that yeah and well, so I was thinking just an evergreen so it would how, how you know, stand how, there with the columns how tall a plant do you want well I ultimately would like it to be about fifteen feet. Well, now this is an oddball thing, and it's, it's a, it is horticulture in that it's a design thing. But, you know, you could always put a big pole out there, an interesting pole, and train a vine to grow up to the top of it real quick, quicker than you can get anything else going. And I've done that quite a bit in my garden. I've even got some 14-foot iron I-beams in my garden. It's like bristling with lightning rods out there. But iron I-beam is instant effect. And, I mean, I grow uh, Confederate jasmine on mine that completely covered the hit the top of it the first year and it toned down the uh you know so whether it's a a pole or a pressure treated you know four by six or or even you know go to one of the 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 uh the metal shops here and have them you know cut you a piece of iron eye beam six inches eight inches whatever put it in in a, a foot and a half or so uh, deep with some concrete and you got an instant effect that you can grow vines on instant could i could i grow the vines straight up the uh concrete pillar uh, you could, but uh, most vines are going to have to be, uh, you, you're going to need to hang some wires or something down for it to grow I on. Got I got you. Okay. So anyway, you know, th- think about a vertical feature with a vine on it, you know, and and, st- okay. and, and uh, it, it sounds kind of weird, but it's an architectural thing, and it's done quite often. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Good luck, man. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Who else we got, Java? Uh, let's go to Taylor and speak with Shand. Hey, Shand, what's on? What's going on in the countryside of 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 uh, Lafayette County? Hey, Taylor, how you doing? Doing good. What's up? Good, thanks. I uh, well, uh, I was calling to see. I I'm I have a vegetable garden and uh, and I try to and I, I keep it organic and. Uh, I'm just having a hard time getting the results that I want, um, especially with things like uh, like leafy greens and I, a lot of cab. I seem to have some cabbage worms and um, and then aphids with squash and cucumbers yeah. yeah. and then uh, and then also some fungus with the tomatoes. Yeah. And I'm, I was just wondering, are there? Do you think it's really feasible to have a good organic garden in Mississippi during the summer or? or well, yes, a lot of people do. Matter of fact, mine is basically organic because I'm lazy and I don't want to spend money that I could <laughs> buy stuff with. Um, you know, one of the things is make sure you've got good soil, you know, nice and deep with some compost added so plants can get a, a good deep root system and keeping them moist. But that means letting, watering deep and then letting the top dry out. A lot of people water too much, and that causes right. roots to be shallow, and plants don't produce as well. So work up your soil with some compost, a good solid shovel, maybe a little bit deeper, and then uh, mulch it. I use I, I prefer to use uh, shredded, uh, you know, bark rather than pine straw, and it uh-huh. actually feeds the soil. And if if the, the, one of the problems with with uh, with getting results is with the organic fertilizers, they're slow to work. A lot of people don't use them at all, and they need to. These plants need. They need meat and potatoes, just like they need, you know, the, the vitamins, which is mostly what compost is. And uh, I use a little cottonseed meal every three or four years, you know, throw in some, some bone meal. And that's pretty much all the fertilizer your plants will need. So it's going to be mostly adding stuff to your dirt, mulching it, 
and try not to keep it wet. As far as the insects, I use netting. You know, this is, yeah. I, I'm not an, <clears throat> not an Anglophile so much, but I spent a lot of time in England, and every garden there has insect netting. And you ask them why, and they say, well, you got to have it. Well, very so few of them. Netting over the top of the plants? Yeah, yeah, and very oh, okay. few people yeah. use it here because we still think agriculture. You know, but you go to you go look go to Japan, you go to Europe, go to any place where people have been gardening a long time, and they use lightweight netting, and that keeps the the caterpillars and the worms off. Ah, okay, good to know. So huh. uh, you know, uh, the main thing a little little bit of of, of good quality fertilizer really right. helps are, a lot. Are you mulching on top on the top of the soil. Uh, yeah. Just okay, got it, and that'll keep weeds weeds at you know back and then also keep the moisture in right well not not only that but uh the the my uh, over the let's say i plant in the spring then i cover everything with bark mulch by fall when it's time to plant for fall i just dig that bark in replant uh, add more I, mulch and and so i keep it going that way i use my bark mulch bark or or, or hardwood mulch uh right. I, you know not cypress not pine straw but just regular hardwood or pine and it feeds my soil and it, it becomes a routine thing so, and after two or three uh, uh, plantings, you know, over a year, year and a half, two years, your dirt will get rich and crumbly and you'll have great big earthworms. Right. Gotcha. Okay. And, and one, if you have time, one, less, one other question. Um, with the, during the winter, what do you recommend as a, a ground cover uh, for the garden? Oh, well, for one thing, you can grow stuff all winter. Uh, matter of fact, this weekend, I'm actually planting stuff. I'm setting out some kale, some leafy greens, you know, turnips. There's uh, all different kinds of kales, <clears throat> not just right. in, in collard-type things. And they look good, and I always plant a few little flowers around the edge just to keep my spirits up. Uh, but one of the easiest uh, uh, cover crops would be clover. If you put clover out there, it grows over the winter, and in the springtime, when it starts to get warm, it really, you know, swells up, it gets bigger. Then all you got to do is cut it and then till the, the tops and the roots back into the dirt, and you've got a wonderful, it's called green manure, but clover gotcha. is a really good one. Uh, there's some other ground covers, uh, some other uh, winter cover crops, but they tend to wrap up your, your tools like vetch and stuff like that. Hard gotcha. to be just plain old clover. Okay, well, great. And, and also, next time you're up in the Oxford area, uh, please come see us. I'm one of the owners of a gin distillery outside of Oxford, and so we make grain-to-glass gin using Mississippi Delta rice and uh, a bunch of Mississippi botanicals from our, our property. All right. Now, what we need, like to, we need to hook you up with the, with, the, with the boys down in South to grow blueberries and get you some Mississippi blueberry rice-grown <laughs> gin. There you go. <laughs> All righty, man. Appreciate it, guys. All right, thanks. Take don't get, don't give up. Don't give up. Uh, yeah, I will not. I will not. Thank you. Take care. Mississippi gin made with Mississippi-grown rice up in the Delta. We got to love that. Let's take a break, Felder. We got Gene, Bell, and Julie um, on the line that we're going to take when we come back. But let's take a break. All righty. All righty, folks. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. Uh, it's been a weird week. I've been, I've been back a little bit over a week now from, from uh, a couple of three months in over in England. My garden did well. I've got okra. I've got uh, some vegetables growing out there. My carrot is blooming. It looks just like Queen Anne's Lace because Queen Anne's Lace is a wild carrot. And uh, I brought some plants to talk about, including a piece of grass. I mean, a grass plant. And most people don't think of grass as being individual plants. 
But anyway, whatever it is you want to talk about, give us a call. We're going to take a real quick break here at MPB. And uh, Kevin Farrell is sitting there waiting to take your phone call. He's got his feet up on his desk, and we're having a good time. Java, glad to be back, man. Welcome back, folks. Horticulture's fellow rushing Java. You got some music going on, man. Yeah, I meant to play that last week. Um, you, you, you two, know. you only remember Welcome Back, Cotter. Well, that's that's when go. John Travolta. <laughs> he was just like a young punk. Yeah, I, uh, I recently saw an interview with John Travolta talking about the the younger days. <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, anyway, it takes me way back. But uh, anyway, let's let's talk with Gene. Gene, how are you this morning? Good morning. Hi. Good. So far, so good. What's up? All right. I've got a couple of questions. Uh, I put some apples, some old apples in my compost. Uh-huh. Lo and behold, I've got some, a couple of trees that have come up, and uh, they've come up in my flowers. And I want to move one of them because uh, it came up. It looks good. I know you told us many times that apples, certain apples, you know, don't produce here in Mississippi in this yeah. area. Uh, it's not that uh, I'm looking for it to produce. It just looks so good. And I, <laughs> it's a nice tree. If it just, if it just blooms, <laughs> I'll be happy. But here's my, question. here's my question. Is this the time to move it? I need to move it. It came up this spring, and now it's over six feet tall. Uh, I want to move it. And the second question is, should I prune it? Yeah, this, both of those are good questions. It is not. It's, it's probably the worst time to move a plant because they're starting to slow down and get ready for fall. Uh, it's, it's hot. They need all the roots they can get. You know, their roots, their leaves are balanced. And when you move a plant, you leave a lot of the important roots behind. So it's a whole lot better if you can wait till late October, November. You know, when when we start seeing fall, when plants start to slow down for the winter. So if you could put it off another uh, couple of months, you know, that'd be better. Uh, if you just want a tree, you don't have to prune it, but you'll have a better tree if you do cut it back to about, oh, waist high or something like that, and then let it develop uh, th- over next year three or four branches, which will become the main limbs of the tree for the rest of your and the tree's life. See, So if you cut it back, it'll make it sturdier in the roots and uh, and just thin it out to where there's only got three or four, maybe five branches next year. They'll be the limbs for the rest. The, the tree will grow better if you do that. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. We appreciate it. That's it. Mm-hmm. What else is in your flower bed? Give me. Give us some background here. Why oh you? my goodness. Oh my goodness. Mostly, mostly uh, cosmos, and, and they are just about ready to pop out. Oh yeah, gonna have a lot of uh, butterflies and bees there. Be they're, careful. They're, yeah, they're they're in my cosmos. Uh, and, oh yeah, they love it. Oh, the bees love them. I I think I'm the only one that's got bees. And, and butterflies. And and if you're the only one who got flowers or bees, the butterflies appreciate you, Gene. Thank you, sir. All right. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, Java. My bifocals. I mean, I'm not making this up. You're looking at me, not squinting my eyes. And I, I, I see you. I see Kevin over there, but that's about it. Yeah, well, we're a little bigger than, this, than the screen. <laughs> uh, let's let's go to Bell in, uh, in Tupelo. Morning, Bill. What's up? Good Bell. morning. Good morning. Uh, Bell, howdy. Hi, how are you? Fine, fine. What's going on? What can we help you with? Well, I'm an artist in Tupelo, Mississippi, and I am. I have an art show coming up. Um, I have painted a lot of bugs in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, some plants, but 
to go along with the cicadas that I'm painting that I hear in my yard right now, um, can you give me a few native blossoming plants, native of Mississippi, that I could add to my list of paintings coming up? Whew. There's just too many to mention. I got a whole... Well, maybe the, your top three. <laughs> well, there's always a magnolia, you know. Of course, that's a, that's a cliche to artists, you know, but... Uh, right now, you know, it'd be real interesting to see, you know, if you could sort of squint one eye and, and, and do a Monet-type thing of some of the goldenrods that are starting to bloom. Goldenrod is a beautiful, uh, it's not gold, it's not yellow, it's not orange, it's a real interesting color. Uh, it's also a, a good soft background for your insects, and it also happens to be one of the top pollinator-attracting plants in Mississippi, and it's coming into bloom now. And then we also have this stuff called ironweed that's got, it's, it's, uh, it's related, it's got small clusters, uh, clusters of small uh, purple flowers. So between some of the wildflowers that are starting to bloom around Tupelo, uh, the ironweed is blooming, the um, uh, goldenrod is an excellent plant. And see if you can find some of the, what they call maypop or passion flower. Really, if you like okay. detail, that's a great one to work in. Yeah. And these are all great uh, uh, insect plants. Awesome. Yeah, I'm wanting to put some of these in my yard as well. Yeah, uh, well, get a roll. Get out, roll. I tell you another good one. It's not a wildflower. This surprises people. Go find you some some kudzu. Slow down. Uh-huh. Get out. Find a little turn road. Get out. Walk along the edge, and you will smell something that smells like cheap grape bubble gum. If you pull the leaves back, you'll see the beautiful uh, maroon. I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, purple and, and golden upright wisteria-like flowers of kudzu. It's a beautiful flower, and it smells good. Okay. You make jelly out of it. Well, who knew? Yeah, well, now we do. Oh, now we do. <laughs> yeah, but, but kudzu is it should, it, it's blooming right now, but, you, you, you know, it's hidden down in the foliage. Okay. It's uh-huh. a great plant, and it's, a, and it's, a, it's, a, it's not native, but it's real southern. Well, it is real southern. Well, that's a good, and, good and, idea. And it's interesting. For sure, well, Thank you so much. Okay, have fun, enjoy. Send, send, send me, send me some JPEGs of it. I will for sure. Okay, see ya. Bye bye. Did, did I just say JPEG? You did. I mean, that's the, <laughs> I meant to say. Send me a picture. That was a first. Uh, thank you, Bill, for uh, calling in this morning. Let's uh, let's go to Ocean Springs now and talk with uh, Julie. Hey, Julie. Good morning. Good morning. Howdy. What what's up? Okay, uh, Felder, I have planted a bougainvillea, which I've never planted one before, but I put, I planted it in its um, container, but it's in uh, a brick um, container that's like for the mailbox. Right. And it's got, it's, the, the leaves are fine. It looks like it could be a little greener. I think it's a little light. But I know this is, uh, after I was reading about them, after I bought it, that it's kind of, um, you have to really take care of a bougainvillea. Not too much water, not too dry, but, you know, with all the water we've had. Yeah. But it's not blooming at all. Yeah. It was so beautiful when I bought it. Should I just leave it there until, and move it at another time? Well, a couple of things. First of all, bougainvillea is where it grows naturally, including all up and down Southern, Southern California. It is a rampant weed. I mean, it, it covers signs road signs so uh it grows really well without a whole bunch of care it doesn't like hot humid weather we have you know it likes hot dry weather but 
Uh, if you'll give it a little fertilizer, I'm talking about half strength, whatever it says of mixing a gallon of water, put that in two gallons of water and do that every couple of three weeks, that'll perk it up. Too much fertilizer will throw it into more green growth. But half-strength fertilizer uh, every three or four weeks is about all it needs. And a good soaking when it after it has already become dry. You know, don't want to keep yeah. it wet, but don't want to let it stay dry. But it prefers it a little on the dry side, a little hot, and a little fertilizer every now and then. And uh, by okay, the way, you... Miracle Grow is, Mir- is fine. You know, it's put, you know, when it says put a scoop in a gallon of water, put half a scoop. And it doesn't look like enough. It doesn't look like enough. But just trust me on that. They, they, the fertilizer directions are for the maximum they can legally get away with recommending because they want to sell stuff. It's like, it's like uh, washing your hair. They say wash, rinse, yeah. repeat. You don't need to repeat unless you're selling shampoo. Right. So, you know, have, Another thing I want to ask you, is it okay, I, I really didn't read to see what it was compatible with, but I put some hosta around it, and uh, I think the stuff is called sweet pea, and it was real small, but man, it's gotten huge, and is that all okay to grow all that stuff with the bougainvillea? Well, I, I don't know what the sweet pea type thing is, so I don't know, but i tell you this. Host- it looks like it's, it's similar to hosta in the coloring, but it has... Um, uh, kind of a round leaf. Uh, I don't know what that would be. I'd, I'd have to see a picture of it. But I will. I will but I, I will tell you this: hosta is a shade plant. It does okay on the coast. It grows the 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 headquarters of the hosta society is in Minnesota. You know, it does better further north, but it must have shade. And if it's going to survive on the coast at all, yeah. So it's not not well, going to be your best choice. In the shade, except. Uh, the bougainvillea was shading it there. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. They should. I shouldn't have put the hosta there because it gets too much sun. Yeah, hosta's doing fine. Yeah, things happen. There's there's there's, there's plenty there's plenty of things. You know that's such an important uh, point for, uh, place in your garden. It's where you know it's where your garden meets the street. It's, where, it's sort of like uh, uh, the the entry to your garden. And so you you know it's okay to. To, to mix and match and pull things out and replace things. You know, that's an important part of the garden as far as your neighbors, and it welcomes you home and all. So, you know, I would just, you know, play play around with different things. If something doesn't work, go stick another 4 or $5 plant in that hole. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, what what do you think would be the best for the bougainvillea? They don't have a lot of sun. Half-strength fertilizer, a lot of sun. That's what it needs. And it's going to die this winter. Oh shoot! Okay, Thanks. sorry. It's a tropical plant. Sorry. Yeah, I know, I know. Anyway, good good luck on it. Okay, thank you so much. You know, Java people ask me about plants. I've written books and books and books and books and books about plants, but I can't remember them. You know, you know, it's just like saying, "What's your favorite vegetable?" To a person who has a stall at the farmer's market, you know. Yeah, it's too it's too much to go to yeah. go through. Yeah, but anyway. Th- uh, what we do now is, now is your choice, Felder. Do you want to take a take a break into the cheesy tune, or we can take one of our two callers? Let's take a have. let's take a caller, then then the music. Okay, well let's go to Anna in Mobile. Hey Anna, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? That's so far so good. We're just just trying to have a good time here. Awesome. What 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 can I help you with? You're on. We're on the air live. Oh. Wonderful. Um, well, so I have two questions for you, actually. Um, so I am a really novice gardener, and I attempted to plant some pumpkins 
Um, I planted them, I want to say, late May. They were doing great. The vines were a few feet long. And then all of a sudden, um, the base of the vine got, like, really pale and kind of fibrous and split. And then everything died after that on multiple vines. And I, I don't really know what happened. And I was kind of wondering how to prevent that when I plant another batch. And, and what kind of plant was it again? A pumpkin. Pumpkin, like yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. For some reason, I, I heard cucumber. You never say a cucumber. Here's the deal. <laughs> the, the Cucumbers, squash, gourds, um, pumpkins, those kind of things, uh, you know, their vine, right. can, their vine can split open and still work. But a lot of times it has to do with, with sudden water. Staying a little dry, and then all of a sudden a whole lot of water comes in, and it can split their, uh, split their bark more, more or less. This happens even with fruits like tomatoes if they're, just starting to, to ripen, the skin gets hard and get a heavy rain, they'll bust wide open. So there's not much, but it, and it's normal for the older leaves, the ones that are grown back in the spring and early summer, they have a hard time dealing with, with the, the heat and humidity, the rain and all. So it's normal for older leaves to turn yellow or even get fungal diseases. As long as they've got new growth on the ends of the branches, that's the important thing. So, okay. uh, so I wouldn't worry so much about it. Not much you can do about it, the, other than working your dirt up pretty well without overdoing it, giving plants a little bit of fertilizer, not as much as you think they need, uh, and then making sure they don't stay really dry or you don't keep them wet. Plants, uh, okay. you know, farmers, they don't water their gardens every week, and, mm-hmm. their, and their gardens do fine. So anyway, the main thing is not too much water, not too much fertilizer, pretty good dirt. And when something doesn't work, Pull it up, stick something else in the hole. That's what all of us do. Okay. Um, and then my second question, so I had also planted some carrots, and I have these great stems. Uh-oh. Carrots there. <laughs> what, okay, for somebody you call dropped out, you got great carrots, and they do what? So the stems looked really great, but the actual carrot itself wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, same thing with me, uh, because I planted a variety that's not supposed to get very big. I didn't even think about it. I went, went with one called Tom Thumb, and they weren't as big as my thumb. Uh, so, you know, the thing about carrots, they're cool season things. They need to be planted in the late, uh, late winter and harvesting before it gets too hot. So a good, rich, well-drained soil, water good and deep. Don't let it stay wet. And then look at the the picture. Make sure you buy one that's got a big carrot on it. Okay. All righty. Have, right. have fun. Thank you so much. All righty. Let's do Did a little. Did you just tell her to to buy something based off the picture? Yeah, yeah, because I didn't do that. I just got carrots. And I said, this looks good. And the picture was a close-up of some that are little bitty things. And that's exactly what they grew, little bitty things, but you have to hold them up real close for them to look as big as the picture was. So anyway, live and learn, different varieties. I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. We're going to take a real short break. we got a, a kind of a happy tune, and I uh, don't know how much we'll be able to get into it because we've got so many callers on the line. But uh, here at MPB, we like to have a good time. We like to enjoy stuff. We like to share information, uh, a little entertainment if we can. But mostly, it's about whatever's on your mind. you got some things related to gardening. Uh, that's what I do. you got money matters. you got health. you got food. you got all fix-it, just tons of stuff. What is it that you want to talk about? And we'll bring in local experts to help you uh, work it out. We'll take a real quick break and come back here at MPB right after this. AOK, man. Got my... 
got my feet on the on the earth, got my head up in space, going to be A-OK. Horticulture's fellow rushing. Welcome back to the Gestalt Gardener. Uh, I've got a couple of things I want to chat about, but we've got Barbara, who's been hanging on from Olive Branch forever. Barbara, how are you? Excuse me, I am fine. My voice didn't sound like it, but I'm fine. <laughs> what can we help you with? Okay, I've got a question, Mike. I'm the brand name. Potting soil, I won't mention the brand. Mm-hmm. Could it have changed over the last few years? It seems to me like maybe it's peat moss. Anyway, it dries out very quick. I just don't think it's the same texture it used to be. Yeah, and and, and I'm old enough to remember when Coca-Cola's tasted better out of a glass bottle. But <laughs> oh, but no, yeah, no th- things do change, partly because supplies change and also some some. Some of the ingredients of potting soils have become scarce, and they've come up with replacements and all. It's really weird. I'm actually meeting in two weeks. I'm going up to Memphis to the annual meeting of the Soil and Mulch Council, the American Soil and Mulch Council. These are people who put together potting soils and mulches and stuff because I got questions, and that's one of them. That's one of them. Uh, the, 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 keep in mind that a lot of pine soils used to be mostly peat, uh, peat moss, mm-hmm. real peat moss, which comes out of Canada, and there's supply problems. It's not a, it's not an environmental thing like people made out to be. I actually went up and inspected the peat harvest fields in Canada. I'm on the International Peat Harvest Inspector, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> but it's expensive, and so they started cutting it with more bark, which is cheaper and better drained. And uh, so less peat moss, more bark, and that's been sort of a trend. And it actually helps plants. You just have to water a little bit more often. Is so, there anything? I just don't care for it anymore. Well, what, okay, go, go, well, you know, and I use a lot of different kinds. Matter of fact, whatever I've got, I just dump it all in a big trash can. And when I repot plants, I dump all that in there. So so as long as this, it's got a little bit of peat moss, which holds moisture, a little bark or that white crunchy perlite to help extra water drain away. If you want to, you can get little bags of peat and mix it in with your potting soil or perlite if you need more drainage. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I basically just mix my own. As long as it will hold moisture without staying wet, that's the important thing for, for me. It sure doesn't stay wet. It dries out quick. Of course, right now super hot. Right. You know, well, that, next time you, if next time you you know get some potting soil, you know get your little little inexpensive trash can type thing and pour it in there and get a little small bag of Canadian peat moss. You know, again, I've inspected the peat harvest. It's not they're not screwing up the environment up there, but it's expensive and so they're not selling as much of it. So if you'll mix that in with your potting soil, you know, maybe one part peat moss to two or three parts your potting soil, it'll stay moist better. Okay. It's, well, it's, I'm, it's I'm like recipes. You know, I'm looking for a good recipe for salsa uh, so I can start because I got a bunch of old fig jars and, and uh, pear preserve jars and uh, didn't get any pears of figs this year. So I'm going to fill them up with salsa and I can't find any two recipes that are like. So, you know, it's just the same thing with potting soils. <clears throat> I had even thought would it help to add Oh, what did they call it? Uh, soil conditioner? No, 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 no. Just bark, bark, bark and peat moss. Maybe some perlite. That's all you need. Okay. Okay, and, I will try that. Okay. And, and by the way, I did research on potting soils in graduate school 40 years mm-hmm. ago, over 40 years ago. So, you know, it's sort of near and dear to my heart. But bark, peat moss, maybe a little perlite. That's all you need. Okay. Good luck. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. Yeah. Appreciate it. Things change, man. 
yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting because we've talked about that on across several shows how things are not how they used to be yeah and even, so, even with potting soil yeah yeah and of course when you buy potting soil right now you you can be 50 different things in that same kind of bag same label it's like ketchup you know yeah. you don't don't get the cheap stuff <laughs> it runs too fast go ahead and get the good stuff <laughs> let's go to uh joe in biloxi now hey joe what's up man on the gulf coast you survived the 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 wind and all yeah, we sure did, but it's still a beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast. There you go. What's up, man? What can we help you with? I got a question. I've been looking for an ornamental tree to put in my backyard, mm-hmm. and I came across an orchid tree. Wondering if that would do good in the coastal climate. Who? I forget what orchid tree is. There's an orchid tree that grew a lot in Florida. And uh, you, you have another it's name for it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I wrote a book called Tough Plants for Florida, one called Tough Plants for the Southern Guards, one Tough Plants for, for uh, California. And in the introduction of the Florida and the California book, I said you need, everybody needs to have a sign that says Jack Aranda used to live in this hole. <laughs> no, it's tri- it's strictly subtropical. I mean, it, it 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 does poorly even up in the Panhandle of Florida. It's a, a Central South Florida Southern California tree. Okay, you saved me a whole lot of labor there. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, there's some other plants we're looking for. See if you can find a a, a, a plant a, a tree. Well, there, there's there's tons of of good choices. But if it's exotic and you haven't seen many around there. There's a reason. A lot of people are planting stuff from all over the country uh, on the Gulf Coast, and uh, I'd stick with what you see a, a good bit of. But um, Okay. Good luck on it, man. Okay. Yeah, or, thank you a lot. Job, I got a picture of an orchid tree in a cemetery in Miami, but that's about it. Well, speaking of Miami, uh, shout-out to the JSU Tigers who are playing their first – football game in Miami on a Sunday. All right. And you know what? I, 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 let me see. Although it's Sunday, right? Yeah, it's it's a Sunday. It's the Orange uh, Orange Blossom Classic. Okay, it's on TV? It's going to be on, uh, yes, it will be on TV. Cool, cool, cool. Who we got now? Uh, now let's go to Wayne in Florence. Hey, Wayne. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Howdy. I have a comment, <laughs> I have a comment on, about a resource for fall gardener scheduling uh, planning they're transplants and uh, putting seeds in the ground. Uh-huh. There's a there's a, the extension service has a, a web page about the fall field day, which yeah. this year 2021. It's on a Monday. It's on a Monday. Yeah, uh, October fourth <laughs> through the eighth. Right on the front page of that uh, page about the uh, it has a, a a click you can click and get a PDF of the dates when they. Uh, plant the seeds and also the transplant right. for the various plants. And it's optimized for everything to be at the peak on the fall field day, which is this year, October the 4th through the 8th, right. which is it's a real good resource. Of, and you got plenty of growing time after that. So even if you miss the date, it yeah. gives you an idea of how long they uh, transplant to the peak. Right, and it's just it's just a good resource, and uh, I'm so glad they're going to have it this year. Yeah, they didn't last year. But, but well, no food, food, no food vendors. 
Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I was actually involved when they first started that, the very yeah. first ones. Matter of fact, the first time they planted any flowers out there because I insisted on it because everybody was showing up. It was just it started out to be to show something how farmers could grow stuff for a fall harvest. And so many home gardeners there. Then uh, Rick Schneider, who's the director down there, he puts uh, uh, marigolds down there in, in the end of each row. And they got more comments on all the other vegetables. But uh, but they, they do start stuff. Uh, uh, it, it's almost like cheating. I mean, I'm retired extension. Don't get me wrong. I, and, and that's a terrific resource. But they start planting stuff in late July and August. And they've got, and they've got resources. And, and it's just dirt, but it's good dirt. Um, so anyway, at MSU Cares, they had this publication called the Garden Tabloid. And this year they updated it with pictures. It's a whole lot better now. And, and it's got the recommended planting dates for every kind of vegetable and details about growing. And it's a free PDF on at the MSU dot, MSUcares.com website. Just click in gardening, yep. and it brings it right up. They, they've redone the garden tabloid after all these years. And it's a terrific resource. It's a good resource, and it's our tax money at work. We yeah. need to put it up. And fall gardening ought to be more uh, popular than what it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is the great, greatest growing time, the fewer bugs and the cooler weather, and the plants that can uh, mature and go all the way through the winter is just a long list of kale and sweet chard. I'm, 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 I'm working up my garden this weekend. I'm doing it first thing in the morning when it's not been getting transplants, but I'm planning for A lot of people don't realize fall gardening is like winterizing fertilizer. You don't wait till winter to winterize your lawn. You don't wait till fall to plant your fall garden. It's when we harvest stuff. And this is a great weekend for getting out and starting stuff for, for fall. But I hope anyway. the garden centers would get to plant in earlier. Well, they uh, over the years, they found out that, you know, what you don't sell, you got to smell. And ain't nobody going to get out there and start planting stuff in August because it's hot. Farmers do, but they found mm-hmm. out that, that gardeners just don't buy stuff that early. So, but the garden but centers, they're starting. Oh, they can do. They can do. But the garden centers are getting stocked right now. This weekend ought to be a good weekend for getting some good, sturdy, Amen. small transplants. Anyway, interesting call. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm going to work up some dirt. Just turn it over. It's got plenty of moisture. And uh, get me some mulch. Get ready to plant some stuff as soon as I can, can uh, catch my breath between all these waves of humidity. Who we got, man? All right, let's go to uh, Bill in Neshoba County now. Hey, Bill, good morning, sir. Hey, how you doing? So far, so good. Not so bad. What's up? Okay, uh, about three weeks ago, you advised somebody uh, who called in about those weeds that look like young mimosa trees. Oh, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, so spray them with the weed killer, which I did, and after 10 days, they died. Yeah. Now I got a bunch of three and four foot weeds in my little meadow. Uh, can I pull them up, cut them down, uh, burn them, put them in a bag? You know, have the county pull pull them away. Yeah. Well, how do it, I get rid of them? Uh, what what kind of weeds? Just all different kinds of weeds? No, uh, I'm just talking about. Oh, the, the mimosa weed. Yeah. yeah, and first of all, it, it wasn't me who said spray them, because I know for a fact if you spray them, 
by the time they die, they've dropped a billion seeds out there. So you know, cut them, pull them, uh, just get them out of the garden. But keep in mind that every one of those little mimosa leaf-looking things has got tiny ball of seeds on the bottom, and they drop hundreds of seeds. And so this is the this is my worst weed nightmare. And every time I see one of the plants, I carefully pull it up so I don't jostle any seeds loose, and I and I, I get rid of it. You don't need to burn stuff, uh, but you just need to get it out of the garden. And keep in mind they got a lot of seeds. And so even though you may have killed them, they're still dropping seeds. So um, best thing I can suggest is cut them down, pull them up best you can, and then put some mulch out there to help cover up some of the seeds. Because okay. there, there's not any. You can kill them with, with weed killers, but they're just going to still sit out there and drop seeds. So I'm thinking cutting them or pulling them up is going to be better. Okay. Uh, I'll try that. And I got the, I got the same question about uh, uh Gourds that have died. Uh, yeah, mine too. Mine too. So you know, can I can I pull them up and burn them? Or yeah, you, you don't need to burn stuff. You know that idea of burning stuff that comes back from agriculture from like the eighteen hundreds. You know, there's no sense in burning stuff. Just get out of the garden, pile it up someplace. You've got a, a leaf pile or compost pile. I wouldn't, uh-huh. I wouldn't put uh, really weedy seed things like mimosa in a compost. But if you got a leaf pile, throw your gourds and all the other stuff in there and turn it back into dirt. But uh, there's no right. sense in burning stuff. I, 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 I don't even know how long ago that became n- not necessary. Just, okay. just, just get rid of them. All right, I'll throw them on top of the pile. There you go. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, but they always say burn weeds. You know, put them in a bag and burn them. You know, it's like picking up dog poo and putting it in a plastic bag and then throwing it away. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let's uh, we run it. We run it close on the show. Uh-oh. So let's see if we can squeeze these two calls in. Let's go to Willie in Louisiana. Hey Willie, what part of Louisiana are you in? Yeah. Yeah. What's up, man? Okay. Uh, what I'm calling for, I got some great myrtle trees. I want to go and cut the top out of them. It's a good time to go and do it now. I have to wait till later. It's a little bit. It's a little bit late in the year for doing that. Well, if you cut them now, they're going to put out new growth over uh, about a month from now, and it might freeze. If you get right on it, you know you could you could probably do it. But it'd be better to to do it in the in the the winter time or the spring or early summer. But uh, right in the, right now, it's really too late to prune plants back hard for the new growth to toughen up before winter. So if you could hold off till winter, that'd be better. Okay, okay, I appreciate it. I just save you some time and effort, man. Get your fishing pole. Go have some fun. I'm kidding. <laughs> appreciate oh, you. Thank you. All right, and for our last caller this uh, morning, let's talk to Mikey in Mobile. Hey, Mikey. Good morning. Good morning. Howdy. We're starting to run out of time, but what can we help you with? I got it. It's probably going to be a quick one for you. Good. Um, uh, uh, can you use builder's vermiculite? I know it's not the same as gardener's recommended vermiculite or perlite, but can you use builder's vermiculite without toxicity as an ingredient, a small ingredient in a container mix? Well, first of all, I'm real familiar with vermiculite, but I've never heard of builder's vermiculite, but it comes in different grades. There's coarse and really fine uh, vermiculite. I don't use it at all. I haven't used vermiculite in 40 years because the other stuff that I use has the same character. Vermiculite helps drainage, but it also holds moisture in between peat well, moss and perlite. 
I'm thinking for some more for some inside things, you I, know, I, like I over the winter. I, I, I don't use vermiculite at all, and I'm a soils guy, I, you know. Peat moss, bark, I like dirt and too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but when it comes to container plants, bark, little peat moss, maybe some perlite for things that need extra drainage, and a ver- vermiculite doubles up on those things. There's no need for that extra ingredient if you got bark and peat moss. There's just no so need for. I, I'm real for. A better use of it then to maybe make some. Uh, I don't. I, I, I think it's hypertufa is what oh, it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, hyper, yeah. Hypertufa. That's a whole. You know, that's making uh, artificial concrete looking pots. Right. That's a whole different yeah. ball game. That's that's vermiculite. That's a better use then. That's right. If you got some, you know, let's talk about hypertufa pots. But if you ain't got, you know, do you already have some vermiculite? I ran across a roadside find. <laughs> I, I, you know, anyway, you could use it if you want to, but it's not necessary. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to hypertufa then. Thank there you, you go. so much again. <laughs> All right. Appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. Java hypertufa looks like concrete pots, but they're lightweight. They're made with basically potting soil stuff. It's like fake concrete tubs and pots and stuff. Okay, yeah, I never heard of that. Yes, it it looks like old concrete urns and pots and stuff, but you can pick it up one in each hand. Okay. And uh, it's made with, uh, it's kind of interesting uh, project. I We didn't have really time for me to talk about the heirloom plant I brought, which is hidden ginger. Looks like one of those old plumes you have on a yeah. band hat. <laughs> uh, it's a member of the ginger family. The flower is hidden down in the foliage. Um, and my wildflowers, we'll talk about those next week. But how'd you like this piece of grass I brought in? That individual grass is kind of funny because... You know, it's in just about everybody's yard, but we forget that they this have is, little roots and this all is the, kind of... I'd say this string is about, what, a little bit over three feet long? Yeah. And uh, every three or four inches got a little pair of grass plants or roots growing down there. Grass is a bunch of individual plants hooked together with a bunch of wires. And um, I started out my horticulture career propagating St. Augustine grass for Texas A&M. It's weird, but I did that. Anyway, this is the time to fertilize your grass for fall. This weekend is the time to put winterizer out. I'm real serious about this. If you're going to do it, let's do it this weekend. And uh, while you're at the garden center, see if you can pick up some cool little vegetables and herbs to plant for fall and winter in pots or in flower beds. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. Me and Java Chapman, Kevin Farrell, all the other folks at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we encourage you to share what we share with you. Take a kid to a farmer's market, show them how to get dirty.